1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Monday morning, everybody. Kind of a, a depressing weekend, especially if you're a Timberwolves fan. Wolves losing to Toronto. Bad. <laughs> there was that dunk, though. The Anthony Edwards dunk, the highlight of the weekend. And that's a, that's about it. Wolves lose to Tom Thibodeau and the New York Knicks last night. We'll, we'll dig into that game and what ensued after the game with the Wolves making a controversial decision about their their head coach. As of this morning, Ryan Saunders no longer employed by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Second half of the wrap, we'll talk to Keith Brake. Bison were in action, beating Youngstown State 25-7. to I believe Keith Brake holds down evening drive on Bison 1660 in Fargo. We'll talk to Keith and get some thoughts on the uh, the Bison's technically second game of the year, I think, because I think the game that they had back in October counts towards this season. So only even though they've only played one game of the spring season, the Bison are still 2-0 and and uh, closing in on Oklahoma's all-time win streak record, Bison have won 39 straight games. We'll talk to Keith Brake second half of the wrap. But first, let's uh, rewind the weekend and talk about uh, the chaos that is Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. Rewind time. even more into each other and find ways how we can be hold each other even more accountable find that way to win because we keep getting to these points in the fourth quarter and we just never pull it out we got to find ways to pull it out as a team together not as individuals but as a team and if we do that we have a good chance to turn ourselves around as a team or at least keep building something great yeah very frustrated Kerr Anthony Towns after last night's 103-99 loss to the Knicks. Let's rewind a little bit. So over the weekend versus Toronto at home, Wolves had another double digit lead late in the game and uh once again losing that game uh just just it's become the MO of the Timberwolves. You know how there's the the, the dread, in hockey you've got the dreaded two goal lead. Well in Timberwolves basketball it's the dreaded double digit late in the fourth quarter lead is what it is. Wolves lose to Toronto, then uh, head to the Garden, Madison Square Garden, New York Knicks, former coach, GM, president of basketball operations, Tom Thibodeau, now the head coach out there, Derek Rose, traded from the Pistons to the Knicks a couple weeks ago, so it was nice to to see to see D-Rose playing. But uh, Wolves got in a deep hole early, and the comeback falls just short. They lose to the Knicks last night, 103 99. Julius Randle, 25 points, 14 boards for the Knicks. They led 61 to 50 at halftime. Uh, Crown Three Towns helped the Wolves get back in it. He scored 15 of his 27 points in the fourth quarter, added 15 rebounds on the night to spur a 22 to 5 run that helped the Wolves take a lead 96 95 with just under three minutes remaining. Both teams went back and forth down the stretch, but the, the Knicks uh, come away last night 103 to 99. Wolves fall to 7-24 with the loss, the worst record in the NBA. They will travel to Milwaukee to take on Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks tomorrow night. And when they go there, they're going to have a new guy on the sideline. Ryan Saunders fired after the game last night. And, and, and looking at Twitter, uh, I, I was just randomly scrolling through Twitter when the news broke last night. And uh, nothing but admiration for Ryan Saunders from from a lot of the not just just local media but the national media as well. Jim Suhan from the 
The Star Tribune says, uh, I mean, a lot of people talk about the Wolves' close losses. They got the worst record in the league and second worst differential. That being said, Ryan Saunders, one of the best people you will ever meet. Feel bad for the guy and hope nothing but the best for him. Judd Zulgad says, uh, uh, the Wolves are in some hot water. We'll talk about that in a second, where they've already hired a new guy on a multi-year contract from a different team. Yeah, not good. Uh, we'll talk about Chris Finch in that situation in a second. Uh, Dave Schwartz says on Twitter, I'll say this about Ryan Saunders. He's one of the classiest and most professional characters I've dealt with. Always happy to have you at practice and to chat. I know sports is... I know sport. Ah, I know success in sports is measured in wins, but I still feel bad for a guy who loses his job he poured his heart into. John Krasinski, AP, says, I've covered the league for almost two decades. Ryan Saunders is as honorable a person as I've ever come across in the NBA. This was a deeply personal job for him. He cares about the Wolves more than anyone. I guarantee no one is more crushed that it didn't work out than him. There are some things he could have done better, and some mistakes were made. He could have also, he almost had an unfathomable run of bad luck with injuries, roster upheaval, the pandemic. I still believe he has a bright future in this business. And of course, what he was talking about was the, uh, the fact that, uh, Wolves were 43 and 94 under Ryan Saunders since he became uh, head coach on January 8th, 2019. That's the third worst record in the NBA, but probably the, the biggest piece of that is his two Biggest superstar players, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, have only played together five times. Russell, of course, out after going under after undergoing arthroscopic knee surgery. He's out till probably middle to to end of March, beginning of April, maybe at the latest. Cat has been dealing with the, the dislocated wrist and then re-injuring that wrist, and then COVID for the last couple weeks. Yeah, kind of a, a a tough situation for Ryan Saunders. And now looking at the Wolves, I, I did the math this morning. Uh, the new guy, Chris Finch is his name, is going to be the 15th head coach the Wolves have had, excuse me, the 10th head coach the Wolves have had in the last 15 years. 10 coaches in 15 years does not exactly spell success going back to the Dwayne Casey era of 2005 through 2007, Dwayne was 53 and 69. Then Randy Whitman came in for a year. He was 38 and 105. Kevin McHale was 20 and 43. Kurt Rambis, remember the, the, the glorious Kurt Rambis era of Timberwolves basketball. He coached from 2009 to 2011. He was 32 and 132. Rick Adelman came in. He had some some okay seasons. 97 and 133 record for Rick. Flip Saunders came back and took over for 82 games from 2014 to 2015. Was 16 and 66. Sam Mitchell. People, a lot of people forget that Sam Mitchell was the head coach of the Wolves for a for a day and a half. 29 and 53 record for Sam. Tom Thibodeau, 97 and 104, easily the most successful guy in uh, team history since since Flip's first run with the team, and then uh, Ryan Saunders. Uh, who got the the axe last night. And so you may be wondering, who is this Chris Finch guy? And, and a lot of mixed reaction when it comes to Chris Finch being named the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's 51 years old. He was the, uh, the D-League Coach of the Year in 2010, won four championships coaching in the British and Belgium leagues. 
He's also spent some time in Houston, Denver, and New Orleans before joining the Toronto Raptors this season. Going to be his first head coaching job. And here is where the controversy lies. is This is not a good look for Gerson Rosas and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Because not only is Chris Finch not even with the Wolves right now, he's an assistant with the Toronto Raptors. So you know there was some some backroom dealings going on here. Maybe not to the same level as the Joe Smith situation where the Wolves lost lost draft picks, but I, I don't see how this is not tampering, where your GM reaches out to an assistant coach who's currently employed. I don't think I've ever seen a move like this ever, where a team fires their head coach midseason, hires a new head coach from a different organization, does not give them the interim label, and signs them to a multi-year deal. Now, here's what would have happened in the offseason, is Chris Finch would have been a highly sought-after head coach for for anybody. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's looking at the stuff I've read on Chris Finch, he's an offensive mastermind who gets the best out of his front-court players, including helping to develop Nikola Jokic and Zion Williamson with his, during his time in Denver and New Orleans. And now he gets to work with Carl Anthony Towns which I think could be good. The issue is is not so much with Towns as, as so much with, I, I don't want to say everybody else, because Towns has been solid. Does Carl Anthony Towns have his flaws in his NBA game? Yes. Can he be even better? Absolutely. But I feel like you take what you get, because we, we've had these kinds of coaches in that have been, you know, big man whisperers. Kurt Ram, uh, Kurt Rambis was one of them. Kevin McHale, a Hall of Fame player, Kevin McHale, multiple NBA championships with the Celtics, was supposed to come in and, and just make Kevin Love and uh, uh, Nikola Pekovic. That's who it was. We're supposed to make these these two guys the second coming of Hakeem Olajuwon and, and Ralph Sampson from the the Houston Rockets days of the of of the mid. 1980s through the 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 mid 90s that didn't happen the 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 guy other than Ryan Saunders in this case that I feel the worst for is a guy that I feel like he he should have had a shot he's currently on the Timberwolves bench his name is David Vanterpool and a lot of people think that Vanterpool should have been given a shot to coach this team. A defensive specialist, which, you know, the Wolves, not a great defensive team with that turnstile defensive strategy. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns has his moments, but he's not a great defensive presence. The big concern when they brought D'Angelo Russell onto this team was defense. I mean, as, as poorly as Andrew Wiggins played defense... Defensively, D'Angelo Russell was a downgrade from what we saw from Andrew Wiggins. Josh Okogi is your best defensive player, but he's always a liability when he's got the ball in his hands. I'd say I'd say top two defensive guys on this team is is Josh Okogi and Jarrett Culver, and Culver, second year player, isn't playing right now <laughs> due to hit injury. Vanterpool has been all over getting some getting some praise last night from from from, from Damian Lillard 
all-star point guard from Portland. He says, how in the heck do you not hire David Vanderpool? He's right there on the bench. He's uh, successfully been on the bench on winning teams. He spent some time in Portland and has made had a major role in the development of a dominant backcourt, which is what the Wolves need. I get that they're invested in the development of Carl Anthony Towns. I get that. But look at the backcourt. We, we, we still don't know what we have from D'Angelo Russell and Cat put together. That's kind of the overused line. We, we've seen Russell play very well at times. We've seen Russell play very poorly, specifically late-game shot selection, pick-and-roll, 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 all the dang time. But what you've got in that backcourt, specifically with your younger guys, I'll throw Josh Okogie into the mix as a younger guy. Josh Okogie, Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, Jarrett Culver. Those four guys should be the focal point of, of getting this team to the next level. Yes, Malik Beasley is great. Yes, D'Angelo Russell is great. Ricky Rubio has shown signs. I mean, the, the, the best thing that you can do with Ricky Rubio is to surround him with players better than him so he can elevate them to the next level. When Ricky Rubio is the best player on the court, that's when you have issues. Because while Ricky does make good players better, he makes great players even better. And that's what you need. You cannot have good players in the NBA. You need to have your team focused on great players in the NBA. I'm still doing some research to see if Vanderpool's going to stay on. Uh, my, my guess is uh, is Chris Finch, who's been called the second coming of Nick Nurse. The I'm guessing he's going to he's going to want to bring his own staff in, but I just don't know how you can do that mid season. Granted, the team is seven and twenty four, and and they need a drastic drastic change. But we've seen this drastic change 10 times over the last 15 years, like I mentioned before. Finch going to be the 11th coach in the last 15 years for this franchise. We've tried the new coaching staff. We've tried the new GM. We've tried the new players. We've tried this. We've tried that. I mean, this, 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 the strategy is, is in Gerson Rosas we trust. He found a way to get out of the, the Wiggins contract. He found a way to bring in a, an entirely new group of players, Wancho and Ricky and Malik and all these guys. But I just don't understand what is going to change this time around based on what we've seen from the Timberwolves since 2005. Saw a stat last night. The Wolves in the history of the franchise have lost 605 more games without Garnett than with him. And that's not a that's not a good number. All right, I talked about Wolves basketball too long. We'll talk about Bison football. We'll get on the, the positive note. Bison win yesterday at the Fargo Dome against Youngstown State. We'll talk to Keith Brake for Bison 1660 next on KDLM. Recapping Bison football and some other Bison nuggets from over the weekend. I'm Ari Wolf with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. 
don't expect Kyler Murray to be the next two-sport star. When asked if he'd allow the QB to play baseball, Cardinals GM Steve Kime replied, quote, hell no. Murray recently expressed interest in a return to the diamond after being a former first-round pick in Major League Baseball. Kime adds he has been so focused on football late, he's been texting him about free agents and draft prospects he wants to play with. Elsewhere, the Associated Press reports the Bills plan to let starting linebacker Matt Milano test free agency due to salary cap constraints. Milano led Buffalo with 45 tackles this postseason. The Panthers' salary cap is in much better shape. They freed up nearly $5 million in cap space by restructuring the contract of starting center Matt Paradis. And a monumental offseason addition for Patrick Mahomes. He's now a father. The Chiefs QB and his family Beyonce, Brittany Matthews, welcome daughter Sterling Sky Mahomes into the world. Congratulations to the new mom and dad. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Every choice you make, you want it to be the wise one. And if you haven't joined MediShare yet, you may want to look into it right now. It may be exactly the wise choice for you and your family. You can save a lot on your health care without sacrificing quality. MediShare gives you free telehealth, a huge network of doctors, all of that. But the typical family saves $500 a month, month after month. And that makes sense for a lot of people, more than 400,000 so far. And you get the security of knowing this has been working great for over 25 years. So MediShare is different. It's a good different. It's really about sharing. Members even pray for each other, which is very refreshing, especially right now. And one more very good thing. If you join before the end of February, they'll waive your new member fee. That's another $170 you'll save before you start saving month after month. Here's the number. Call 844-91-BIBLE. That's 844-91-BIBLE. 844-91-BIBLE. Casas Dinámicas está buscando en estos momentos a personas que quieran integrarse a su equipo, así como tú. Posiciones de producción disponibles con un salario que comienza de 15 dólares y 10 centavos por hora y un bonus de 500 dólares. Casas Dinámicas ofrece pagos competitivos, planes de pensión, vacaciones pagadas, días festivos, seguro médico, dental y de visión y mucho más. Para aplicar, solo tienes que visitar dynamichomes.com. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. The 12th-ranked University of Minnesota wrestling team won its fifth straight dual meet with a 29-10 win over 11th-rated Northwestern yesterday in Minneapolis. Minnesota is now 7-2 on the year, and yesterday's victory closed out the regular season. The Big Ten championships at Penn State on March 6th and 7th are next. We'll have more next. It can happen fast. The game changes, and you need a new strategy. It's like your original insurance policy. It worked fine at the start, but now that you've bought a home, added a car, or expanded your business, you can't keep running the same old play. You need Western National Insurance for coverage that fits your growing needs. Western National, Minnesota's source for great-fitting auto, home, and business protection since 1901. Ask your independent agent today for Western National and go Gophers. Get that great fit feeling, Western National Insurance. Golden Gopher heavyweight Gable Steveson of Apple Valley completed the regular season 9-0 with a technical fall win yesterday. I feel good about the last duel. We wrestled, uh, our team wrestled good, and I think I, I put some points on the board. And just going into Big Tens, I know everyone's going to have a tough challenge, and it's uh, but this is where the money starts. we got to get all the bread. Steveson says they'll take the upcoming week to zero in on the Big Ten title. 
Day by day, I mean, Big Ten's going to come when March 6th and 7th comes. But at this time, I'm not really focused on that, that day. When those, when those two days comes, that's when I lock it in. But just going to enjoy myself, keep training hard. And like I said, when that time hits, it's, it's game time. Stevenson says he's pleased with how his season is going, and he's excited about the finish of the year. Yeah, I'm happy where I'm at. I think um, a lot of major improvements that I can do, but we're going to work on those in the next week and a half. So, so when that time comes and Big Ten and National comes, I'll be I'll be at my perfection. Stevenson's now 48 and 0 in his career during the regular season. For more info on Gopher wrestling, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Are you looking for WeatherTech floor mats or any other accessories for your car or light truck? Channies 2 is in business to give you just that. We are the WeatherTech dealer in the Lakes area. It's what we do at Channies 2, 847 4252. Cal Soderquist with your Wolves Minute. Well, it was a less than ideal weekend for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It got started with a Friday night home loss to the Toronto Raptors. And then on Sunday, the Wolves were in New York taking on Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks. Now, Minnesota trailed by as many as 21 early in the second half, only to engineer a very impressive comeback. They actually grabbed the lead temporarily in the fourth quarter before ultimately falling short. It was Carl Anthony Towns leading the charge in that final frame. He had 15 of his 27 points in that fourth quarter. But after the loss, he said the team needs that kind of effort for the entire game if they want to be successful and pick up wins. We, we need to be able to play with that tenacity, that aggressiveness, and that attention to detail like we did in the fourth quarter for all, all four quarters. And um, it wasn't a 48-minute game we played tonight as a team, and it cost us. So the four-game road trip begins with a loss, and the trip now moves to Milwaukee for a Tuesday night showdown with the Bucks. Cal Soderquist on the Timberwolves. Radio Network. Here's today's Lakes Area Jobs Hotline. Ascension Health Detroit Lakes is now hiring basic care aides COVID screeners for its long-term care facility outcrossing. Full or part-time positions with flexible hours. Call Ascension at 844-2365 to learn more. And Detroit Lakes Public Schools is looking for a full-time accountant with benefits at the district office. Go to dlschools.net for more information. Here's your KDON weatherology forecast. For today, we'll have partly to mostly cloudy conditions with a chance for some rain into the afternoon. High temperatures approaching 40. And for tonight, mostly cloudy skies, a low of 24. For your Tuesday, cloud cover with snow becoming likely. 1 to 3 inches of daytime snow accumulation up to 35 degrees. Wednesday, back to partly sunny and dry weather conditions in the upper 20s. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Monday morning here in the Lake Sierra. Looking at a high of forty degrees above zero. Going to be a nice change here in the Lake Sierra. The one thing that's kind of weird is we had football yesterday in the area on a Sunday, a couple weeks after the Super Bowl. Bison football was back yesterday, beating up on Youngstown State for the team's 39th consecutive win. We're joined on the phone now by Keith Brake. He holds down evening drive on Bison 1660, the flagship of NDSU Bison football. Good morning, Keith. How are you doing, man? 
I'm doing great, Zeke. And I got to say, I absolutely love that bumper. We need more saxophone on the radio. Right? That was awesome. If there's anything that's <laughs> worth listening to about this half-hour local sports program, it's the bumper coming back into the second break. I, I hear that all the time as they love the jazz. Need more, need yeah, more, no, need more love jazz. The, love the jazz. Uh, that will probably be the highlight of this segment. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. Oh, and, and you know the the Bison football team back in action yesterday in 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 the spring mm. season. Now looking at the team, they're two and zero, correct? Because they they played a game back in like October down south somewhere, and now they're, they're are they just picking that up where they left off? Right. Well, they played Central Arkansas at the Fargo Dome. It was the uh, the showcase game That's for right. Trey Lance. Uh, for early NFL scouts, they wanted to play a game in the fall. Uh, they'll never admit that it was a showcase game for Trey Lance, but yeah. in effect, that's really what it was. Uh, was a chance for him to play. It was a chance for Dylan Radens to play in front of some NFL scouts. Uh, probably helped Radens and, and didn't necessarily help or hurt Trey Lance in terms of his draft stock to play that one game. But uh, they played that game, and that game does count toward uh, their playoff seating and their playoff selection process. So uh, that win over Central Arkansas is part of their season. They are 2-0, and and they are 1-0 and in Missouri Valley Football Conference play after the 25-7 win over Youngstown yesterday. Yeah, so you mentioned Trey Lance in that showcase game. Trey Lance is officially declared for the NFL draft. I, I, I see him going anywhere uh, in, in the top 15 picks, as usually as, as high as number 7 to Detroit or something like that. Let's talk about the new face of this offense, uh, quarterback Zeb Noland, senior 6'2", 222 is what he's listed on this depth chart. What does Zeb Noland bring to this team that uh, maybe Trey Lance didn't? Which I know is a, is a tough question because Trey Lance is an NFL prospect. Right. Well, and I think, you know, the, the offense is going to have to change a little bit for Zeb. He's not Trey Lance or Easton Stick in terms of running the football. He's closer to Brock Jensen. But also you have a true freshman and a redshirt freshman backing him up. And then your fourth quarterback is Quincy Patterson, a Virginia Tech transfer who's not eligible until the fall because he played part of the, the fall season last fall with Virginia Tech. So he can't play in the spring this year. So I would expect North Dakota State to run Nolan about as much as they have to uh, to protect him, to protect him to protect their quarterback situation so that you know true freshman Cam Miller redshirt freshman Logan Gratz aren't being thrown into the deep end late in the season against South Dakota State and Northern Iowa when those two games are uh, getting fired up uh, in, in March and April. But uh, Zeb Nolan has a strong arm. He's got. Uh, you know, a great commanding presence. He's got an unbelievable swagger. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He believes he can do anything and everything that this team needs uh, to, to take them to another national championship. And his first game yesterday was a little bit of a learning curve at times. You know, he hadn't played a live game as a starter since 2018 at Iowa State. And then they, they benched him for Brock Purdy once Purdy got healthy. But uh, Zeb maybe locked onto some first options a little bit too much. He stared down some receivers, uh, but he's still got the arm. He's still got the legs. He still has all of the attributes necessary. And that's an adjustment that I think Randy Hedberg, who has done such great work with quarterbacks in the past, believes he can make quickly and make Zeb Nolan better quickly so that he can be this team's starting quarterback, not just for the next seven weeks, but also in the fall as well, which is what Zeb wants to do. Stat line for Zeb yesterday, 8 of 19 passing, 74 yards, finding eight different receivers on the field. Let's talk about the running game. Sophomore running back Kobe Johnson, career-high 114 yards and a touchdown in that game. Uh, talk about Kobe Johnson and the, the offensive line in front of him. 
Well, first of all, I'm gutted for Seth Wilson because on the second play from scrimmage, his second rush of the game, he suffered another knee injury. Mm-hmm. That's been his theme all throughout the, his career, really, is injuries have limited his time. He's been so explosive when he's healthy, just a good, incisive running back through the, between the tackles, and uh, he got rolled over by a, a linebacker uh, getting pulled down on the second play of the game, came out, and uh, it doesn't sound good. Uh, he's going for an MRI, and uh, we'll, we'll see if he's able to uh, come back and, and play at some point this year. But um, Kobe Johnson, yeah, is is outstanding. Another young player from Georgia. Uh, that's a pipeline that Matt Entz and Buda Williams, the defensive ends coach, and, and Tyler Roll, the uh, offensive coordinator, have wanted to open up and have wanted to make part of the program along with their pipeline to Tampa, Florida. And Kobe was really sort of the – the guinea pig for that. He was he was case number one um, for for going down to Georgia and recruiting. He fell through the cracks a little bit. He was a wide receiver in high school. Uh, did a lot of different things, a lot of different roles, and and he's come in here and fit North Dakota State like the glove. He loves playing Youngstown State too. He had a big touchdown run against them last year in Youngstown. Had a kickoff return for a touchdown last year as a true freshman, and uh, is come in and just found every hole, found every seam, has great burst, and and looks like a veteran running back. And he's backed up by Jalen Bussey, who if you ever watch Ty Brooks, uh, you, you'll, you'll see a lot of Ty Brooks and Jalen Bussey. He's another small guy who's really explosive, great burst, acceleration, and uh, hard to catch when he gets up to full speed. And they've also got Dominic Ganella, who's an Arizona Diamondbacks prospect. He was, he was signed by the Diamondbacks a couple of years ago and will play for their farm system this summer. Uh, but he has been, he was also really good yesterday, a punishing physical runner. And uh, that, that run game in general is really fun to watch. The offensive line hasn't missed a beat despite some personnel turnover. Cordell Volson moving the left tackle. Uh, Cody Malk, who started out as a wide receiver in high school, came to college as a tight end and put on some weight and is now the right tackle for the Bison. Wow. That's quite a transition. Uh, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's, he's playing right tackle now. Jalen Sundell moves from guard to center. Uh, they've shuffled some pieces around. But overall, that offensive line looks great. And that's honestly all they needed to beat Youngstown State yesterday. They weren't going to put anything fancy on film. Christian Watson didn't have a reception. Uh, just keep it in, in 24's hands. Kobe Johnson, keep it in Jalen Bussey's hands. Keep it in Ganella's hands. Don't do anything outrageous. They were missing Phoenix Sproles with an injury, still coming back from uh, the one he suffered against uh, UCA back in the fall. And they were missing Hunter Lukey, who's a guy who scored 95 touchdowns in high school and was a big factor in the offense uh, back in in that October game. So their offense was maybe a little bit streamlined, a little bit vanilla, you might say. But there was no reason to put anything else on film because – that's all North Dakota State needed to to beat Youngstown State. Was it the most aesthetically pleasing game? No, but that game is definitely in the cards for this team this spring. Yep, 243 rushing yards uh, for the, the running back stable. Uh, Jalen Bussey, two touchdowns yesterday. Let's talk about the defense. Only 51 yards allowed on the ground, 171 yards given up all day yesterday. The defensive line was a play. Cole Jurek and I uh, do a two-hour pregame show, Bison Game Day. Uh, locally in, in Fargo, Moorhead. And we had talked for weeks. Every time I ask him, you know, what are, what are you looking for? What position group are you most intrigued by or most concerned about? He would always tell me defensive line. The Bison turned over Derek Tesco. He's in the NFL now with the Denver Broncos. Uh, and there was no the guy. You know what I mean? There's no mm-hmm. dominant edge rusher. We had seen 
Derek Tuska. We had seen Greg Menard. We'd seen somebody the defense has absolutely had to circle in their game plan. Didn't really seem like there was that guy coming back for North Dakota State this time through. A lot of folks were intrigued by Spencer Wagey. Is he healthy? Is he going to be able to make an impact? Um, they put more weight on Tony Pierce. He's now 6'1", 233. He's a bowling ball out there. Uh, and he got a stack yesterday. The whole defensive line, Zeke, was outstanding and just bullied Youngstown State. They put Braden Thomas out there, young man from Bismarck, transferred in from Mankato. Uh, and uh, he, he got as much run as he wanted against all-conference left tackle Dan Becker. And it was fun to watch. Lane Tucker, the young man from Gillette, Wyoming, who was the number one player in the state of Wyoming when the Bison signed him a few years back, he's taken a big step forward. He looked like he turned the corner uh, as a really good, sound, stable, three-technique defensive tackle. Uh, they were rotating edge rushers like crazy. I think this defensive line is going to be a lot of fun to watch, uh, and that, that's why Youngstown State barely got a wistful thought past the line of scrimmage <laughs> on the ground. They threw the ball a little bit more in the second half, but still, uh, North Dakota State was not tested. They played most of the game in their, their base four-man front, three linebackers, a little bit of nickel where they take a linebacker out and put in another defensive back. But for the most part, North Dakota State played it simple, didn't put anything crazy out there, no crazy sub-packages. David Braun did not get anywhere close to opening up the bag of tricks. And the Bison held Youngstown State to seven points and very, very few yards on offense. Yeah, Bison win yesterday, 39th straight win, 25-7. to They go for win number 40 in a row this Saturday in Carbondale against the Southern Illinois Salukis. Uh, they're one and one. Also, looks like they played a game in the spring. They lost to North Dakota, twenty-one to forty-four over the weekend. What do we know about the Salukis? Well, if you had told me, I watched some of that game in Grand Forks. If you had told me that the Salukis were missing their entire offensive and defensive lines for some reason, I would have believed you. Uh, Southern <laughs> Illinois got absolutely bullied off the ball on the offensive and defensive line. They turned it over five times. Their starting quarterback Caray Lyles got hurt. Basically, could not have been a worse start to the spring season for SIU. But this is a team that folks still believe has a chip on their shoulder. Nick Hill is a good coach. Uh, he's an alum. He played for Jerry Kill. And, uh, you know, Jerry Kill means so much to that Carbondale community, even though he's not uh, a part of that program anymore. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is a program that, that believes it has an identity and is taking big steps forward. They were one of the first teams left out of the playoffs in 2019. A lot of folks thought that might motivate them, but, We'll see if they've got the personnel to run with a North Dakota State team that has film of itself because the biggest advantage you can give the Bison is a self-scout and time to work with it. And North Dakota State now has a couple of days to really get into a, a vibe of what this team can do, what they need to do better, and what will take them to a national championship going out to Frisco, Texas in May. You hear the game on Bison 1660 on Saturday, kickoff at noon as the Bison hit the road for the first time this season. Let's talk about some other Bison stuff. How the, the men's and women's basketball team has been doing Open Fargo? Well, the women's basketball team is more than likely going to be the three seed in the Summit League tournament, which is their highest finish in about a decade. Tory Collins has done an unbelievable job. They didn't come up with a win. They came up empty against South Dakota State in the final home weekend. They're going to go down to uh, Vermilion to play USD uh, coming up this weekend, and, and that's going to be a tough challenge because the Coyotes at home are, are always really good. Uh, but North Dakota State is back. Uh, this is a program that, that Jory Collins and his staff have turned around very quickly. They are competitive. 
They are relevant. They are winning basketball games. Uh, if you told me at the beginning of the season that they were going to win 14 games, I would have taken that and run to the hills with it. Uh, uh-huh. and, and they have done exactly that. They've done it in style. They've done it ugly. You know, they've done it every way that you need to do it. Uh, Heaven Hamling, who is a, a great uh, addition from Grand Rapids, Minnesota, was a Stephen F. Austin transfer, scored 2,600 points uh, in Grand Rapids in high school. Uh, Emily Dietz out of Shanley has been great in the post for them. Ryan Cobbins out of Kansas City has been really good. And then on the men's side, well, they're just they're just so balanced. And and sometimes that's a little bit of a double-edged sword. You know, they, the, the possession, they came down to the last possession of the game against the Jackrabbits on Friday, and it looked a little discombobulated because there was no Vinny Shahid, right? There was no guy that was going to take the last shot that you knew wanted the ball in his hands in that last moment. Everybody's looking to pass, and, and maybe – Everybody took each other by surprise a little bit with, with those passes. But uh, they built a big lead on Saturday, looked good, playing in transition. They were able to break the press a couple times, and uh, Malik Harden-Hayes got behind it for a really nice dunk, put them up about 20. Then they started turning the ball over. South Dakota State made it a game, but the Bison hold on for the win. They need a couple wins this weekend. The regular season title is still in the grasp of David Richmond's group. And uh, after a little bit of a choppy start to the year, they started 0-5. Uh, Zeke, they've really turned it on and been a, a solid team. It will be very interesting what happens at the Sanford Pentagon and Sioux Falls at the Summit League Tournament because there are four or five teams, maybe even six teams, that can feel like they have a legitimate shot of winning the men's basketball tournament here in about two weeks. It should be a good one. They uh, looks like they beat South Dakota a, a while ago. Look at the, the the front end of that men's basketball schedule. That's uh, <laughs> that's brutal. You've got the Nevada Wolfpack, and then Big Ten's Nebraska, the number eleven Creek at the time, number seven Kansas, uh, then South Dakota State. So uh, a good test early on, and they've been uh, definitely playing a lot better uh, as they gear up for the Summit League tournament going on Saturday, March sixth through Tuesday, March ninth. That'll be in Sioux Falls. You can hear those games on the Bison sixteen sixty out of Fargo. Keith Brake, my man, thanks for joining us today. Great content, as always. We'll chat again soon about Bison football. Absolutely. Give me more jazz bumpers. Can't wait. It's finger looking good. Sweet. Dude. All right. Thanks again to, uh, to Keith Brake for joining us this morning on KDLM, the sports show. If you missed that interview with Keith, great stuff concerning Bison football. You can find it online momentarily on demand at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Everyone likes the Jazz Bumper. And that's, that's, that's K-Train's Jam 2, is that uh, the Jazz at, at 9.45 on the weekday here on KDLM. Here's what's coming up tonight. Uh, we've got Gopher Hockey Weekly with Bob Motzko at 6 o'clock. And we, we do have some news concerning Laker Athletics as well, last week the Laker boys the basketball team was shut down due to a COVID outbreak. They are back in action tomorrow. And just when we got boys basketball back, uh, head coach Rachel Johnson announcing on the coaches show on Saturday that the girls program has been put on pause this week. They were supposed to play Park Rapids tomorrow. They were supposed to have a, a huge conference matchup against Crosby Arrington on Thursday. Those games have been canceled. So no Laker girls basketball this week. Uh, hoping to get Laker girls back next week here on KDLM. That's right for the Sports Wrap. We're back tomorrow at 9.30 right here on the station. You can count on. Joined by Kevin Falness with the Minnesota Wild is our guest tomorrow. Chatting some wild hockey. They've been playing pretty well as of late. Uh, just not on that power play yet. We'll talk to, uh, to Falness tomorrow here on KDLM.